Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Ron Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. All right, there you go. It's recording now. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to a really exciting episode of Geek Fives Live because we got a lot to talk about, and we have some old and new faces here, but I am going to start off with Dom because he's amazing, and he is seemingly my partner now on Geek Fives Live, so Dom, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. It's a uh, it's a little gloomy out here, but that just means you know um, I'm gonna sleep good. You know, get some CBD in <laughs> later, and I'm be out. <laughs> that sounds like a good night to me, man. And returning, AJ, how are you? It has been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. I'm so excited that I'm here. Me um, too. Much like Dom over here. Um, I actually slept most of the day. And <laughs> I actually stayed up until like four in the morning playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is amazing. So I, I, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> he's ready. He's jazzed. And I'm excited. And last but certainly not least, I think you are new to GBL, but we have Ricky from uh, Music City Drive-In. How are you tonight, Ricky? I'm not too bad. I would be a lot better right now if the circumstances of, I think, the biggest reason why I came on here um, was to talk about here in a little bit. But um, you reached out to me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, Excited to just talk whatever's going on. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw your tweets. You were (laughs) matching my energy, and I was like, you know what? Ricky's never been a part of this before, but you're part of the Geek Fives Nation family, and I figured, let's do this. And I'm pretty excited, and I do want to start this off with what Ricky and I are most excited but also, like, angry about. And we're going to talk in general a little bit about the Emmys because they just released the nominations for the 2020 Emmys, which confuses me a little (laughs) because the 2020 isn't over yet, so I don't know how they... It's like, I get it, 2020 is a wash and it sucks, but there are still upcoming shows coming out, so I don't know how they necessarily do that, but hey, I don't get paid those type of bucks. But um, So they, they came out with their list, and I am happy that... Watchmen got nominated, personally, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I know AJ also watches, um, got nominated. Yeah, it's so good. Um, So there were some good ones there that I was happy about, but the biggest snub to me was that Tom Pelfrey did not get nominated for his part as Ben Davis in the third season of Netflix's Ozark. Meanwhile... Ozark got nominated, Laura Linney got nominated, Jason Bateman got nominated. So they clearly watched the season, but they're like, 
you know that other guy who gave like this really good performance and he like pretty much acted circle around everyone in that season nah let's not give him and I do have to add that it is Tom Pelfrey's birthday, so that's pretty disappointing news. But, um, Ricky, <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> I literally, literally, I woke up this morning. I'm in a group chat with a couple of my friends within the in, in our network, and I said the only nomination I care about today is Tom Pelfrey. The only nomination. And and, and what I say that is, is like, obviously, yeah, when I found, first off, I, and I found out I went off the deep end. Right. I was just completely fell off the deep end because it was it's one of the bigger travesties, in my opinion, of any award show like ever, because in my opinion, not only is it the best performance in a TV show, one of the best I've ever seen in a TV show, period. The transition from the character from the beginning to all the way to the end. He was a very minute person in the beginning of the of the season. Right. And you knew that he would probably play a big role in it throughout the season, but you didn't realize how big of a role and how the transformation of his character from episode the one the first time he was episode to episode nine, which is one of the greatest pieces of television ever, and and sit here and nominate and, and don't get me wrong, I love Jason Bateman and I love, love Laura Linney. I would have nominated both of them, but Pelfrey is a is a disgusting, awful snub. Like it is so it's 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 one of the best pieces of acting I've seen this year in film or TV, right? And leaving him off is just – and looking at the names, like, look, I, I'm not – I don't watch Succession a whole lot, right? You know, I've seen a couple episodes. I know it's great, right? But we have three people, three people in that category from Succession, right? We have two from Morning Show. I love Morning Show. I thought it was a – it's great television. And then you look at some of these. I never the Handmaid's Tale. I'm sorry, like I like the Handmaid's Tale, but it. If you look at all these, I haven't watched Westworld, um, so I don't know how good or not good Jeffrey Wright is. I'm sure he is. Jeffrey Wright's a phenomenal actor as is, but and I don't watch Better Call Saul, but like you have eight nominees, eight. It's not like there was like five they had to pick them. They have eight nominees, and not a single one of them is Tom Pelfrey, and it is a travesty. Period. <laughs> No, I completely match your disappointment. When Ozark Season 3 first came out, uh, Juwan and I watched it, and we talked about, like, man, Tom Pelfrey better get this nomination. And the thing is that I've been a fan of Tom Pelfrey for not, say, a whole long period of time, but ever since Iron Fist. And have your opinions about Iron Fist all you want. I do as well. But he was the best part of Iron Fist to me. I saw him in the show Banshee and you know so I I knew him as an actor and I said like he's a lot better than I think you know people think he is because he's associated with this show Iron Fist that did quite poorly but seeing him go into Ozark was so amazing so I, I feel that I was also a little disappointed that Chris Evans got snubbed just because I think that he did a great job in defending Jacob but I wasn't nearly as upset as the Tom Pelfrey because to me it showed an utter lack of like them even caring. Um, And as you said, like succession, there was three people and I know people enjoy it. People say that if you watch billions, succession is a much better version of billions, but. And I love billions. So like, (laughs) I, I, I don't ever feel like that ever got the love it did. And you're right. Like, the thing about it is I would have rather Ozark just been completely snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Don't even give it drama series. Don't give the leads the role. You know what I mean? Because, I, you know, it, it – yeah. I don't know. It's – I will say I love the Shit's Creek love. 
Um, I literally binge watched Shit's Creek within like three weeks. I had never like I never watched it before. Shit's Creek is one of the most beautiful, funny, heartwarming stories and shows I've ever like. It's literally in my top five TV shows of all time now. And it's very hard to broach that with a lot of the previous shows. But Shit's Creek getting a lot of love makes me so happy. It's one of the best shows on, that I've ever seen. Um, it's hilarious. It's funny. It's it's heartwarming. But Tom Pelfrey was robbed, and I will never, ever, 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 ever forgive the Emmys for this. And before I um, give it off to AJ, I will say as well, I am happy that Mark Ruffalo got the recognition. If you followed my uh, reviews, I really enjoyed I Know This Much Is True on HBO. He did a really phenomenal job. Um, Andrew Scott got nominated for his episode in Black Mirror, which I thought was really good. And a totally underrated show, Unorthodox, on Netflix got nominated. And I was very excited about that because I didn't think that people had even watched it. So those were the positives. Just Tom Pelfrey was very much a negative. But AJ, um, first of all, I'm not sure if you watch Ozark, but in general from the Emmys, is there anything that stood out to you either being nominated or a snub? Like something that you're like, how could they not nominate that? Yeah, um, with me, I haven't watched that much television um, in 2020. Um, I've been actually playing mostly video games. But when I look at this list, uh, ones that stood out to me, because I recently just got caught up with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I think is hilarious. Um, Kirby got nominated and Sterling K. Brown, so I'm I, very I, I love K. Brown in that. <laughs> He's so good in that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> also, um, I'm ex- I'm happy, but I, I don't think it deserves this nomination, which is the Mandalorian. Even even though I am happy that it got it, I think uh, what was the other show? I actually watched the show recently. I think it's called <laughs> "I May Destroy You" on HBO Max. I feel like. That it's not done yet, but I feel like that one probably deserved a nomination instead of The Mandalorian. Um, I haven't watched Better Call Saul, but it is on my list to watch. I've watched half of The Crown, so I can't talk on any, any of that. Um, and Secure is actually pretty funny as well, so I'm happy that got a, a nomination. Dead to Me, I felt like was really, really good. Probably one of the best television series on Netflix. So that, those are the main things that I was happy about. Yeah, um, I mean, I saw The Mandalorian got a lot of nominations, and um, it's cool. I have no problem with it, although, and you guys know I love Taika Waititi, but he got nominated for, like, his small little part, and, and then... I like how they gave a nomination to Giancarlo Esposito, which, don't get me wrong, he's amazing, and I can't wait to see more of his character. But I'm like, he was in it for, like, a blink almost, but they were like, nah, he's that good. Like, let's give him the nomination. But So it is interesting how they decided to pick and choose this year. But um, Dom, kind of same question that I proposed to AJ. I mean, was there anything that stood out to you, either that you were excited that it got nominated or – are there any snubs of that you're like, damn, what the hell? Um, it's crazy. I'm going through the list, and I'm, like, looking at, like, how many of these shows I don't watch. And, this, and I think that's the thing that I, I don't get is that <clears throat> there are so many shows on streaming services that are possibly better. And I can't think of none off the top of my head, but 
I get that you you pick the popular ones. Yeah. But when it comes to like the Oscars, a lot of the movies that win are not the popular movies. So why isn't TV done the same way? Because I'm sure there's some shows that are like amazing, but like people haven't caught on to it yet, and they'll catch on to it later, and then they're like, no, well, they're not popular. You know what I mean? And maybe it's just because it's a ratings thing, and they need that instant gratification to to put things to a vote. But um, I still think that. If you're going to do one voting a certain way for the movie, you should probably try to do a little bit with the Emmys. Uh, I will say, with the animated shows, um, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I like Rick and Morty, but I watched um, Justin Roiland's new one on Hulu. I can't remember the name, but it's like two aliens that are on Earth. I know what you're talking they, about, yeah. I think it's better than Rick and Morty. I don't know why it's not on this list. Like, take the Simpsons off. I've watched The Simpsons in like ten years. I don't. I don't know anybody that watches it anymore. Um, so yeah, I think that show. Like I, I remember, me and my um, my fiance watched it, and we were both like, "This is this is better than Rick and Morty." I don't want to say it out loud because people are looking, but uh, I think it might be a little better. Um, so yeah, that that thing was one that kind of stuck out to me because The Simpsons. How I mean, are they on it literally the, on this list every year? I mean, I would assume because their their run is so long, but no one watches The Simpsons. If The Simpsons recently, it's because my my TV was on Fox and it came on and it was just in the background. Um, but other than that, some of these shows I haven't I haven't watched at all. Um, like Ozark, I keep hearing things about it, and I just haven't clicked play watch yet. it watch it please watch it. and i just haven't watched it um i keep going back to watch older shows that i never got a chance to watch so i recently put on my list um nightman from the 90s i remember watching it back in the day i just you know i was a kid um but i think it was one of those underrated superhero shows that no one talked about because superheroes you know media wasn't that big, you know, like mid-90s, besides like Blade. Um, But TV show, they were like, who wants to watch? You know, if it wasn't like Dark Angel or, you know, something like that, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, somebody was watching it. Um, But other than that, I haven't seen Succession, I haven't seen The Crown, I haven't seen Better Call Saul, like, I I have to catch up on some of these shows. Um, I think I'm more of a a film guy than a show guy because for some reason i just always go back to like the office or master of none and those shows i can just kind of put on and fold clothes and come back and know what's going on um so yeah that's the hard part for me but like you said why are they doing it now when curse just came out cursed was yeah. amazing. Thank you. Uh, so the thing about it is like i looked at the like the the date thing or whatever like they had till like june i think 5th or something like that to enter their stuff in and i was looking at the deadlines and stuff and i'm just like it doesn't make any sense but i'm pretty positive this is around the same time of the year that they always announce it i think i'm pretty positive so it's like right around this time of year so i'm wondering if it's like through like june to june you know june to june instead of like a typical january to december which would make sense but you know what i mean it you know the thing about it is is this so obviously i'd be remiss not to talk about silicon valley i they just 
they nobody ever like that never gets any love, right? And then the other thing is is I think what the other thing we have to remind, remember is is the wire the wire never won an Emmy. It only ever had two nominations and it was for writing. The wire is one of the greatest pieces of television that's ever existed. And it never got one acting nominee. Not one. Not one in the history of the Emmys. It got two nominees. It was for writing twice. And The Wire is my all-time favorite show. So it's like, it, it's just like the Oscars. We, you know, we always set ourselves up for failure. It's like, this is, this is going to be the year. Oh, my God, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. And then they announce the nominees, and then we get to the Tom Pelfries of the world. You know what I mean? And it's like... <laughs> Oh my God! Like, well, I mean, because Dom is completely right. They go with the popular ones, yep. like um, yep. freaking Game of Thrones winning last year when it had no business to win. Um, I was going to say, you know, I love Stranger Things, but I definitely don't think it deserves to be nominated. I'm sorry. Um, now I'm looking at the freaking list here, and yeah, I don't know. It's just why is why is Saturday Night Live even in the category for like it comedy series? It hasn't been funny in like twenty years, and that's it, it hasn't. But it's like, why are they? Shouldn't they be in something like something different? You know what I mean? Like, look, yeah. like Brad Pitt got nominated. Yeah, and he was well, on Saturday Night Live apparently for sixty seconds. Like it was a name thing. You know what I mean? And that's exactly yeah. right. You know, outstanding guest actor in a comedy series. Like, why is that even? First off, why is that even a category? Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, I digress. It, it makes no sense, but I think that we vented enough on that, and we'll just never be okay with Tom Pelfrey not being nominated. Happy birthday regardless, Tom Pelfrey. We created your role in the third season. But let's move on. Um, I did want to talk about... So Dom mentioned Blade, and I'm like, okay, this is an odd segue into the next topic. But um, so during the San Diego Comic-Con, the Comic-Con at home, uh, Save Daredevil had a panel where a few actors came on, including actor Peter Shinkoto. Shinkoda. If I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize, but he played Nobu on Daredevil, and first of all, I saw him like three years ago at Big Apple Con, and he was like so excited about the prospect of like coming back as Nobu, but you know, we only saw him in season two. Well, he reveals um, uh, during this panel that Jeff Loeb, who was the former head of Marvel TV, said, quote-unquote, no one cares about Asians. Um, that's why he didn't write any further storylines about Nobu. That's why uh, Peter and the actress who plays Madame Gao were not uh, invited to the premiere of Daredevil Season 2. That's why nothing went any further. And his, Jeff Loeb's whole reasoning was, well, in the Blade trilogy, and again, these are just quotes what I'm saying, um, Jeff Loeb was saying, oh, every... Every movie in the Blade trilogy, they killed about 200 Asians and no one cares. So no one cares about Asians. And then also on top of that, he denied the prospect of Danny Rand being casted as someone who, say, was half Asian, like mixed race. And he just wanted it to be a white guy. So these are pretty big accusations. Um, and Peter has kind of uh, expanded on that with several interviews. But I want to say as a Daredevil fan... We would have loved more Nobu, and Madame Gao was one of the most important characters. Like, when we watched The Defenders, because I watched it with my mom, she was like, 
wait, is that the end of Madame Gao? And I'm like, I think that's the end of Madame Gao. So that was crazy. But um, AJ, I'll start with you. What do you think about these comments that Peter uh, made? Yeah, that's probably one of the most <laughs> stupidest comments of this year, probably, and in the year, basically. Um, I, I like it because Marvel is basically doing Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin Feige literally going to prove him wrong and saying no one cares about Shang-Chi, and then Shang-Chi is going to come out and make over $700 million. So him, it, it, it irritates me because... Why? Why does that? Ha- why does race have to do with money? And I just don't understand any of that. So I'm a little. I've just heard about this like two seconds ago, and I was like, okay. Uh, at this point, I'm happy they don't. That it was a Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb, yeah. I'm happy he's not um, doing anything Marvel anymore, basically. So that that's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, if that's his stance with it, then thankfully he's not in uh, Marvel anywhere. I just don't understand ever the idea of being so... I mean, you shouldn't be racist in general. What I was going to say was that, but, like, being blatantly racist to someone's face, because it seems like, like, according to Peter, that Jeff Loeb said this to him. And I'm like, how do you say to an Asian man that no one cares about Asians? And then to also have that idea, again, you're making... You made a, a show... Iron Fist about martial arts and that sort of culture and to say that no one cared about people did care about it they just didn't care about the actors that you got to play this character so or the story or the story yeah again I mean I watched it for for Tom Pelfrey as Ward again throwing (laughs) Tom Pelfrey there but yeah I mean I just thought that was really ridiculous and I'm glad that Peter is saying something I think it's starting a trend of which one calls it, uh, forcing these people in Hollywood to take accountability for their bullshit, such as Ray Fisher calling out Josh Whedon. But, um, Ricky, what do you think about uh, Peter's comments? And you watched the Daredevil series, right? Oh, God, I, the Daredevil series is phenomenal, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it was some of the best fight sequences I've ever seen in any television yeah. show. You know what I mean? And, and of course, I get got it. He also gave us, you know, the Punisher, which, you know, was a spinoff and which is also phenomenal. You know what I mean? John Berthold is. I got you on that, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So but for me, I these comments anymore, it, it, it's disheartening. Right. You know, these are the people some of these people are in control of casting or, you know, influencing uh, other people within the industry and, and at the same time understanding that they're holding back other individuals. You know what I mean? This is, this is definitely not the time for some, you know, revelation like this to be coming out against you because, you know, it, it, no time is it, but you know what I mean? Even more so now more than ever. And, and, you know, especially during a, a season like this where there's a lot of, not a lot of big news circulating everywhere. So a lot of articles that might be pushed underneath the rug because there's other news stories that are ahead of them. Right now, this is a high and tight in front of us, and and it's disgusting. And I believe that people can change, but this guy's career path should be at a halt right now. You know what I mean? Why would anybody want to work with this guy? You know what I mean? I I know I personally I wouldn't want to work with this guy. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it, it's it's disheartening. You know what I'm saying? It's it's frustrating. You know what I mean? So it is definitely disheartening because it kind of puts a black cloud on something like going back and rewatching say daredevil and you go, Oh, that's right. We 
could have had more Nobu or more Madame Gao or whatever. Exactly. You know, some guy up ahead. And someone also then pointed out um, Jeff Loeb showing up to say, like, the Iron Fist uh, San Diego Comic-Con wearing, like, a robe and, like, something around his head. And, like, kind of seeing that Jeff Loeb has always had this tendency to just, you know... uh, culturally appropriate and just be very very tone deaf it seems but um dom what do you think about these comments that peter has made (laughs) you know it's what i think what the problem is and a lot of different shows and movies have touched on it and his comments are a perfect example of he wanted to do some stereotypical shit. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that because uh, these people, uh, whoever you're you're going against, are people of honor and respect, so they're not going to let you, especially nowadays, say things like this, or be treated like this, or someone, you know, I was watching Master of None last night, and then Aziz is going out for a part um, as a taxi driver, he does his part, and then the cast member is like, oh, that's great. So can you do it with, like, an accent? And he's like, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And yeah. he's like, you mean, like, an Indian accent? They're like, yeah. And he's and So my thing is, like, people like him, it's not enough for the person to already be a part of a culture or, and be a certain ethnicity, but you want them to be the stereotype that you think of what that culture is. And, you know, we've all seen, like, you know, like, not another team movie, right? They're going to be one black guy. And we say things like, damn, shit, and that's whack. Because they're making fun of Hollywood, and that's the things that they do. And now we're seeing more and more of these actors, like, call it out. Because before, of course, they got to work. So even if they didn't want to take these parts, they're like, I got to work. It sucks. I'm probably not going to enjoy myself as much, but I got to get this money and pay my rent. But now these actors are seeing, like, with social media... We've got power, so you want to be an asshole. How much for the world you're an asshole? And there's no place for it. I mean, I don't like like AJ was saying. Why say? Oh, no one cares about Asians. I love Asian people. I love all people. But some of my like best friends growing up, Asian people. I was very much influenced by Asian culture. I would love to see that storyline. We all would love to see that storyline. And and to try to say that no one cares is very dismissive. That's because Asian people, Asian people have their culture is very impactful on America yeah. as a whole. 100%. So I, I don't know what he's talking about. So clearly he's got some hate issues he needs to to deal with. And uh, good luck in his future. <laughs> well, I would like to say that I like how actors and just a lot of people in the industry are actually starting to stand up for what they think is right. So. That being said, I love that, and it should have been done a long time ago, but I guess they didn't feel comfortable at the time, but now that we have all this drama going on with corona and then all the um, police brutality and everything, so race right now, if you want to comment on race, you shouldn't do it in a negative light, right? At this point in time, you shouldn't do it at all, Um, so... What he said was poor in taste, poor timing, which is just poor timing as in general, and just plain old stupid. And I, 
I agree with Rick, Rick, what Ricky said, and he his <laughs> his job he needs to be put on hold, and it, it's just ridiculous as, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I liked what uh, Dom said. It, it kind of, you know, like our our American culture is very influenced by Asian culture, right? I mean, what was one, like, what was the one of the first uh, takeouts? takeout food in this country it was chinese food you know uh people love sushi and you like to decorate your apartment maybe with more of an asian flair and people love and all these things yeah people love karate movies so it's it reminds me of um well, in uh, Do the Right Thing, when you had the one pizza guy who was saying that he didn't like African-Americans, and then the main character's like, but you love this music, and you love this, and you like this person, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you sound really stupid, you know, like, just even saying things like that. So it disheartened me, because I liked the actor, Peter. I liked his character, and as someone who went to Big Apple Con a few years ago and literally sat in the same room with him and hearing how you know, passion he was. And by the way, he did respond to our comment on Facebook, not Facebook, on Instagram, where he said he was prepared to do more as Nobu. So I do certainly wish him the best in his future in acting, and hopefully he'll get more roles and just, yeah, Jeff Lowe. I I don't know what that guy's doing right now because Kevin Feige pretty much kicked him to the curb. (laughs) So uh, he's not around anymore. But um, yeah, so let's move on here i put down in my notes obligatory Zack snyder stuff (laughs) (laughs) aj i know you said you spoke about already but why don't you actually lead us on this and uh what are the big what were the big points that we should talk about we should know about the justice con okay so with Zack snyder we're going to talk about Zack snyder's comments for a little bit Um, basically um, they had questions for him, and he answered, um, basically, Henry Cavill has no mustache in this cut. So I feel like that's great. Um, he also said that there will be no scenes from the Whedon cut. Yeah. So that's good. Um, and then he just goes on, and he just goes on a big old, big old rant saying that there will be no chance in hell. Basically, that um, scenes from Whedon's cut will be in this, and he will rather destroy the movie than put his scenes in it. And I just feel like when I first heard that, I was like, okay, there there was some type of beef between the two and Josh, and ju- just the overall cast with Josh and everything. So just, just the drama as a whole, I feel like, yeah, it it was there, and I love going on with Ray Fisher. I love how he comments the way he comments. He just doesn't he doesn't say everything in specifics, which is great because he is taking legal action, and he really he really shouldn't um, give us Twitter, Facebook, any social media, any ground to base off base off anything. So I love that he's staying quiet as much as he can, but trying to give us some insight of what's going on behind the scenes. With, uh, yeah, you can go. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Um, I was just going to say that I feel like a part of Zack Snyder's comments about Josh Whedon also comes from his loyalty to uh, Ray Fisher. 
just because now Ray Fisher is coming out and saying all these things. And, you know, I think Ray has talked about how close he and Zach are. So I almost feel like that uh, attributes as well. But, yeah, those are some, were some pretty strong comments. They certainly were. And I know everyone freaked out about the black Superman suit. So, um, Ricky, what are your thoughts on Zack Snyder's comments and then also the reveal of the black Superman suit? See, it's so crazy to me. It's like um, I'm very excited about the cut, right? I am excited, but I'm also tired of hearing about the cut. You know what I mean? And it's like my funny thing about it is, is like when we heard him say that he said he came out and said, I'm working on this every single day. And everybody's like, oh, my God, is he really? And it's like, guys, like this guy is a director. You know what I mean? He's a writer. He's a that's what he does. This is what he does for a living. So, yeah, he's working on it every single day. That's like part of what he does. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's a touchy line. It's an interesting thing for me. I want to see it. I'm a bigger fan of the film. You know what I mean? Than most people are. I don't I don't really hate much of what DC has put out other than Aquaman, which I thought was pure garbage. But outside of that, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I really do. I'm sorry. But it, to me, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, let's just see it. You know what I mean? Like, let's start putting some action. And I know he is. The Superman suit, super cool. Very excited about that. You know what I mean? I would. I can't wait to see what his vision is, what he wanted, what he what he's going to do with it. And But for me, it's like, all right, I'm tired of hearing about it. I know it's big news. I know a lot of people like to talk about it, but it gets the clicks. It gets the conversation started, but... Just shut up and work at home from now on, right? You know what I mean? Like, let's 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 work on it. Let's see it when it's done. A lot of it's already shot, so he could do and manipulate with what he wants. Put out some teasers here and there for us to be like, oh, my God, that looks awesome. And then we talk, you know, but I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I The distancing himself from, from the past doesn't really surprise me, especially, like you said, with him sitting next to Ray Fisher. That's one of the – you have to do that, right? You have to – it's, I don't think he's doing it just for show either. I'm just saying, though, he is sitting next to Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher has been very strong and passionate about what he says. If true, another situation where it's like, all right, man, like, hey, Josie, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know this is not cool. You know, put him on the back burner. But a lot of these things are happening as we consistently go through these people, and it's like it's starting to, it, uh, to tarnish some of these things that we, we kind of hold dear to us. And it's kind of like the similar thing of watching Daredevil back. It's kind of looking back at some of you know Whedon's work, and it's like, man, like what could have been, right? You know what I mean? And but as a collective whole, I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. I know we're another 20 years away from seeing anything, you know, realistically in the world, but um, give it well, to me, at least this will be on HBO Max, yeah, so exactly. we don't have to go to a theater. I mean, these guys know that I'm not really any sort of excited about. <laughs> Snyder's uh, uh, cut. I, I was a big um, person saying that it doesn't exist, which I still say because it's not completed, and he made it seem like it was sitting there in his in his home completed. But um, I actually didn't mind. Okay, so the, it was terrible, yes, but I didn't necessarily mind the theatrical cut when I went to go see it. Uh, when I went to rewatch it again, when I went to go visit Brittany, we literally stepped away from the TV and went and did other things. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Justice League is playing in the background. 
I forgot about that. But um, listen, if it if it makes fans happy, that's all that's really important. I mean, we've had other movements. Like, I don't know if you guys know, uh, for, say, the show Winona Earp, that had a huge uh, movement because uh, that got halted, like, before the fourth season could even go in production, even though it was uh, approved for a fourth season and they finally got their fourth season because fans rallied. Um, obviously, there's a Save Daredevil movement, you know, which I'm, like, excited about, even though I... I'd rather have that than, uh, you know, this... this oh, 100%. 100%. The unfortunate thing is I don't think it's very realistic, but I will sit there and every time do hashtag Save Daredevil because I believe in Charlie Cox as uh, Matt Murdock. But, listen, if it makes people happy with the Snyder Cut, more power to you. I hope that it's everything that you want. Wanted, but please, please, when it comes out, if it's not that good, don't don't do another campaign. But uh, Dom, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, everything that kind of came out with? Uh, right, hold on one second. Release the better version of the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> they're going to be like HBO uh, stifled Zack Snyder's vision again. <laughs> And it's like, guys, at some point, when are you just going to admit that it's not a good movie? Like, move on, you know? But I don't know if Zack Snyder can move on, necessarily. But that's the whole... I don't feel like having the Zack Snyder uh, fans attack me, because they can be pretty... Brutal. Oh, my God. Not... I'm not going to say this really on air because it was pretty messed up, but there was one person who made, like, some sort of comment about Zack Snyder's daughter in, in connection to Marvel and being a conspiracy, and Marvel took it. And I was like, oh, my God, where is your head going? So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But, Dom, what are your thoughts on all this? Man, this whole thing is very much like a middle school class president race. You have all these directors <laughs> that are like, there's a cut. You you should see it. It's the best one. I have a cut that's better than that one. And it's just like a whole bunch of them just throwing out promises. And it just happened that Snyder got the votes. And now he just got the money to get finished. It's very, it's so weird. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's cool if you're a Snyder. You're like, you feel like The Rock. You're the people's director. And they're like, yeah, they want it done. I got to, I'm going to put this out. But my thing is. We have an election coming up, right? We're in quarantine. If this movie is trash, I'm not coming out the house for like two weeks. People are gonna be fighting on the streets. Because <laughs> um, we saw them spend all this money on billboards and shirts and all that stuff. If it's terrible, they might make damn Voltron and start destroying buildings. I don't know. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm I am curious to see how much different his cut is going to be than the theatrical version. Because um, I feel like, especially, because well, in that world, I'm sure he knew, uh, heard echoes of what Joss was doing and things he had said. And so I'm sure he tried to make his version as opposite as possible with, you know, within staying in the story uh, line that he had before. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I do want to see it. I, I'm curious. Um, but like I said, if, if it ain't good, uh, Twitter's going to be on fire. Yeah. Uh, it's um, going to break the internet. <laughs> Sorry, AJ, go ahead. <laughs> one of the issues I have right now is a lot of people are super excited like myself, and I'm afraid that <laughs> some, so many people are going to 
say, oh, I love this movie so much, and it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to be like, it's good, it's good, but they know in their heart they're, like, broken. <laughs> There'll be another war going on. Oh. I mean, release the Snyder Cut fans, and then the people who just absolutely hate Zack Snyder um, for some odd reason. So that that's one of the things that I do not wish to see. <laughs> And what to go on to um, what Dom was saying, I think it's going to be completely different. He he did finish his cut um, while while he was um, filming it. He did finish filming it. It was just the CGI and um, yeah, CGI color grade and all of that is what he didn't finish. And when he with the accent that. Um, with his family and so on. Um, Josh was in, and um, Kevin Sushiara, I think, was his name. He told him it has to be two hours in length. Yeah. And <laughs> so he basically cut more than half of what Zack Snyder did. And then he had, um, in front of that, he had reshoots and changed a lot of the things that Zack did. And... For me, I personally think everything's going to be different with that movie. Um, not from, not just from the CGI. I think it's the acting, um, just the oh, the whole direction of the movie. I feel like this is going to be a whole new, whole new movie. Um, well, well, we all know that Zack Snyder is afraid of color, so it's going to be so dark that I won't be able to see shit. Hey, um, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky wears glasses too. All right, my my fellow like non seer over exactly. here. Don't let this confuse me. These are contacts in here. Uh, no, but, I mean, listen. My whole thing is that I just like Zack Snyder can do whatever the hell he wants. I just dislike when people. Uh, my fear is that he's going to come out with his Snyder cut, and people are going to be like oh, we'll throw away all the other plans. Like, when they were saying that, you know, he was getting a Snyder Cut, they were like, well, you know, Matt Reeves's, uh, you know, movie is now thrown out the window. And Zach even said that he's, I think him and his wife said, they're excited for Matt Reeves. Like, let directors celebrate each other instead of being against or people who are like, oh, well, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 is trash because it doesn't have Zack Snyder and it's so brightly colored. And it's like, I'm pretty talk about that yeah and i'm pretty yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure he's excited for 1984 too like all these everyone's bickering while they're all sitting in the background supporting each other and it's just i wish they'd be a little louder about supporting each other so that like the fans would just calm the hell down they won't calm they won't (laughs) won't. even if they did do that they'd be like no that's not what you they were coerced (laughs) (laughs) the the evil Marvel people made them do it. <laughs> um, speaking of Marvel and another fandom that could be equally as crazy as the Snyder cultists, uh, we got some casting news for an upcoming Disney Plus. I love AJ's face there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so seemingly it is confirmed that Haley Steinfeld will come on the upcoming Hawkeye series as Kate Bishop. AJ, I'm going to start right with you because you seem super pumped. Okay. How do you feel about this? <laughs> super excited. The, 
Well, did it confirm or is it just still just a rumor on that? Um, so according to the Illuminati, who is the source that we got it from, and they apparently have good sources, they've had, you know, they've been right in the past with things, they have a source that she's officially signed on. So I guess until, you know, Marvel says anything, it is a rumor, but it seemingly seems confirmed. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I'm <laughs> excited. When I first heard the news that she wasn't, um... Um, going to be in talks for it. Um, there was some type of news for that. I was very disappointed because <laughs> I really love Haley, and I, I'm just so excited <laughs> about this news overall. <laughs> um, she soloed Bumblebee, so I'm just going to say that she destroyed and um, what's that TV series called on um, HBO Max? Um, oh, Dickinson or something. She was incredible in that. So acting-wise, 100%, I'm all for it. And she's multi-talented, so I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) I will admit that I've not seen Bumblebee or Dickinson, so I've never really seen her work. But if they're going for, say, like the age bracket and stuff like that, I mean, listen, people seem excited. What'd you say? Did you watch Edge of 17? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so good. It's really good. <laughs> it, it, okay. Uh, is that a movie or a... Um... Yes. Yeah. Movie. 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 I'll, put, I'll put it on the list. I need movies this weekend. But um, listen, I haven't heard one bad thing from people about this rumor, so it seems like this is what everyone wanted, and as it's been told, the Hawkeye series will essentially be Clint... Um, passing the torch over to Kate Bishop, so that means that she's going to be our Kate Bishop in the future of the MCU. So this is for the long haul, seemingly. But, uh, Ricky, what do you think about Haley seemingly confirmed to sign on for Hawkeye? So I'm very excited about this. I think Haley Steinfeld is a phenomenal actress, right? I totally 100% agree with Bumblebee. Bumblebee was way better than it ever had any right to be, and a lot of that had to do with her. You know what I mean? And it was the first honest, dead, like, you know, honest to God, good Transformer movie. Like, the other ones were, like, the first one's good, but it wasn't good. It's, like, in a good in a box office theme. This actually had a genuine story, and it worked because of her. And Edge of Seventeen was a phenomenal film as well. I loved her acting in that. So this is very exciting. The one thing that Marvel does right is casting, right? You know what I mean? They 90... 5% 5% of the time, I don't even really, I can't even think of the 5% off the top of my head, but I want to say 99, but 95% of the time, knock out the casting, and this one, adding her to this mix, Renner's a good actor, you know what I mean, he's a really good actor, so you know what I mean, it, you know, having a sidekick like this that can act as well is only going to enhance the series, so I'm very excited about this casting. Oh, she froze. frozen? Yeah. Sorry, my uh, <laughs> guys. All I heard was um, Ricky saying that Renner was a good actor, and that's something we'll have to disagree on. But it's okay; you can go. I, I didn't hear you ever the, rest see of the what talent. You, you ever watch the town? I actually never have. Oh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I will, say, I will say that I liked him in Hurt Locker. I liked him in Hurt Locker a lot. So. Um, I, I just wrong. 
Hawkeye, don't get me wrong. I think Hawkeye's a terrible comic book hero. You know what I mean? It's just like it's it's he's super uninteresting. But <laughs> he should he should have been he should have been the one who um ended up um, <laughs> a Black Widow. But that's just my opinion here. A <laughs> Bishop as Hawkeye, I feel like is more compelling than um Clint is in the comics. Yeah, no, that would be really good, and especially you have it seems like they're getting uh like younger cast you have tom holland Haley. um you know they're gonna have ms marvel so they're definitely working towards a younger cast that they know will be in it for the long haul or hopefully will be in it for the long haul but dom what are uh, what's your opinion on Haley? it seems to be i mean again illuminati has done really well with their sources in the past so they say that she signed on so what do you think about that well, first, I, I got to agree with Ricky. Hawkeye just, he don't do it for me. Now, he's, I respect i respect him being like, you know, you got these superheroes for powers, and I'm just really good at shooting shit. Like, and he I, did no justice to the character. It's because he really liked Age of Ultron, and that line is from Age of Ultron that he's like, oh, love it. But um, I have to say, Age of Ultron is why we got, like, 20 minutes of just pure Hawkeye, because Jeremy Renner was like, I didn't have enough time in the first Avengers. Right. Like, yeah, all you do is shoot arrows. But I'm sorry, I don't mean No justice. But no, but now that she's been cast or, you know, seemingly been cast, now I want to watch it, you know, more than before, because like they, both of them said, she's really good. And I don't know if it's just like she's just comfortable, if she understands her subject matter better than other people, but everything she's in, whether she's like the star or not, she kind of just steals every scene she's in. Um, and like... Like oh, I'm think I think I saw the Edge of Seventeen in theaters with my sister, and then I was like, "Who is who is that? Why is she so good? Like anybody who can pull off the witty dialogue without trying, you're up there with me. You know what I mean? And then everything I saw her in, she got better and better, and then she can sing. I mean, she has a singing career also, right? Like she does. So like, I mean, she can do what she wants to do because like. You know, this new we we see these newer generations of actors that are in their early twenties, and they just keep getting better. Um, so I expect that um, if she doesn't want to stick around, there's a you know eventually if the show how long I don't know how long it's gonna go, there's a problem because she can carry a show. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see. It, um, I will say that the whole idea, obviously, of uh, Hawkeye passing the torch is interesting to me because then that means no Jeremy Renner anymore. But uh, <laughs> no, seriously, that is really cool. It seems like she was a fan favorite among people, and as you said, uh, as Ricky said, Marvel for the most part, like nine out of ten times, does it uh, does casting perfectly. So yeah, hopefully that is uh is the case here let's move on so i know that aj wasn't the biggest fan of this show but it is pretty big news um the boys got renewed for a third season and this is before uh, i know i'm with you ricky here uh this is before 
the second season has even premiered. So you know that the powers that be have seen something really good in season two, that they're even deciding to give them a season three beforehand. And I personally loved the first season, super excited for the second season. And my biggest hope for season three is that they finally get Jeffrey Dean Morgan in because that has been the rumor. Uh, showrunner Eric Kripke says that he wants to make it work around um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Walking Dead schedule. And to me, I'm like, just stop Walking Dead so that Jeffrey Dean Morgan can be in The Boys season three, but <laughs> which I know probably kills Dom over here. But um, I'm, ex- I'm excited that The Boys got renewed for a third season. Dom, what do you think about that? I really wish that I was one of those people that had the opportunity to, like, give this show the third season because you've already seen how great it is. That's going to be an amazing job. Just like, oh, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Like, I saw it. It's I'm so excited for the second season. So them already greenlighting the third season, I'm like, okay, so I right, put it on TV now. I need I need to see it now. Put it Go ahead, put it on, on Prime. Um, and no, if they can get Jeffrey Dean Morgan, that dude is one of the most charismatic people I've ever mm-hmm. seen on screen. Him playing Negan, I was like, I don't want to see Rick Grimes no more. Make it the <laughs> Negan show. I'm perfectly okay. Um, and he and his aesthetic just fits that cast very well too. Um, but no, that's huge. Like that you have faith in the show that much that they're like. This is the, and it's very opposite of of Netflix. Netflix is like, oh, season two hasn't come out. Well, we're gonna it's gonna come out tomorrow, but we're gonna cancel it also. And, you know, <laughs> now, I was like, nah, go ahead and season three, we're good. So yeah, that's it's big news. Yeah, the Netflix two days after it premieres, you're like, oh, this is so great. It just binged it. Netflix is like, Haha, I just canceled it. <laughs> canceled. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that is awesome. It looks crazy. They showed what a clip of like the boys on a boat (laughs) tearing through a whale and the deep is there. I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. This like tops whatever the hell happened with the dolphin in season one. Um, it looks freaking epic. I'm so pumped. As I said, I loved season one uh last year i felt like the boys and doom patrol were right up there uh for me i just thought that they were like some of the best superhero television that i've ever seen so yeah they've obviously saw something they really liked in season two and let's do it another season but uh ricky i saw you fist pumping over there what are your thoughts on it being renewed for a third season First off, I love the boys. Okay, so going into it, I had no expectations, and it's it's like Deadpool on crack. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's it's just like that's exactly what it is. It's not for everybody, and I understand why. You know what I mean? It is super at times, super 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 raunchy, right? But it's kind of my not my cup of tea. But I mean, I love Deadpool, and this is like I said, Deadpool and crap. It's a hilarious show. The story was solid. They incorporated everything really, really well. It's funny. I love that Seth, Seth Rogen is behind this as well. You know what I mean? Seth Rogen is brilliant. I think Seth Rogen has a career behind him for the rest of his life, producing and creating shows. 
I think that's one low-key thing that everybody forgets about Seth Rogen. It's like the same thing with John Krasinski. You know what I mean? John Krasinski has created so many random – like, I didn't even know that he was uh, the one that created that uh, – uh, karaoke show on MTV or whatever it was. You know what I mean? He was the one that that's his baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, I think Seth Rogen's in that same boat. So it, again, getting a go ahead from a, um, like a streaming platform before your season two, even premieres is mind blowing. So it season two has got to be good, right? Like Dom said, you know what I mean? I can't wait September 4th, just bump it up to up. August 4th for us. I, I think whenever I get off here, I'm going to see if I can email Amazon's PR to see if I can get a hold of this uh, just early or something because I'm super excited about season two. I will say the only thing about season two is that I believe only the first three episodes will premiere September 4th and then it will happen weekly. And it's like, come on, this is the whole point of streaming services. Just put it all in uh, the first season. So they're going the Hulu route. They're going exactly. the Hulu route, but the first season was all eight episodes in one shot. But, AJ, again, I know that you weren't the biggest fan of season one, but, you know, what are your thoughts about it getting the green light early on for season three? I think it's good. Um, a lot of people love it, and if they're getting another season, good for them. Um, <laughs> I will say to you, the only reason why I didn't like the boys is because it just the looked costumes. Real. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> It looked too cosplayerish, and I didn't really care for the CGI in it. But I will say the story itself is incredible, and I'm actually rewatching it now because um, I am going to watch season two of it. I think it deserves my viewership because it does have that great storyline. And despite all that, I know I have to get over my hate. <laughs> 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 with the costumes and all, um, because that's not the only thing that goes into making a TV series or a film. You have to, for me at least, you have to um, evaluate the whole series as a whole. So I'm actually going to be fair on this and say I am excited for it. And I'm rewatching season one now, and I should be done with it tonight or tomorrow morning. Because <laughs> I'm gonna- <laughs> you know, I certainly know what you're talking about. I think we even talked about this when we did the review, what, like, last year. But I, I do think that the cosplay-ish look is supposed to be on purpose uh, because these characters are supposedly, like, knockoffs. I mean, obviously, Homelander is supposed to be Superman. Queen Maeve is supposed to be Wonder Woman. The Deep is Aquaman. So I feel like, in a way, that was, like, purposeful. But I totally get it. Um, so we just have a couple of more topics to kind of go through here. Um I just threw this in because, again, I know Dom is the Walking Dead fan, or I, I don't know if Ricky and, and you, AJ, are still big fans of the Walking Dead, but um, the screenwriter for the upcoming Rick Grimes movie says that it will be in the same vein as Logan. Uh, Dom, I'm going to start right with you. What does that mean for you? Well, I think the person that was uh, they were talking to or that said it was Scott Gimple. Now, Scott Gimple says it. It's got to be true. That dude is a master of his craft. And so if he's he doesn't sugarcoat things too often. Um, and for it to be a kind of noir feel, and I, I saw he said that, you know, people who didn't watch the show would still like it. and But the people who did watch the show are going to be like, oh, that's why he's harboring this animosity from the past and things like that. I'm excited because... 
there was some lulls in the last season of um, The Walking Dead. Like, I think I said on a, another podcast that when they did the time jump, I wasn't a big fan of it. I understood why they did it. I just, it felt weird, and you everybody had different, like, and I, the thing when, when shows do time jumps, or it, it's a new season, and it's like, it's been two years, why does everybody have to have new haircuts, and, <laughs> like, I've had the same look for years. <laughs> Five years from now, I'm going to look the same way. I might have some more grays, but that's about it. Um, so it, it just kind of threw me off. But the show, you know, for a lot of people was starting to get like, when's it going to end? And even I got to that point. But um, this past, you know, with the whispers, it reinvigorated my, my love for the show. And, you know, I do want to know what happened to Rick because we know Rick's not dead. So what's going to happen? And so I'm really excited about it. The only thing that would make the Rick Grimes movie interesting to me is if the whole time he hallucinates Shane with him. Like, <laughs> he's on his, like, adventure. Shane is, like, the little devil that's on his shoulder where he meets something. Yeah. What did you say, AJ? I said that would be cool, actually. Right, right? He just hallucinates Shane, and it's just, like, almost like a dark buddy. I mean, listen, if it's going to be in the same vein as Logan, right? Uh, Logan had, you know, uh, X-23 with him, so Rick needs Shane with him. That's just me being a shameless John Bernthal stan, so that's really where it comes from. But, um, uh, AJ, what do you think about these comments of it being in the same vein as Logan? That that's pretty cool. Um, I think with The Walking Dead for me, I stopped around like season three or season four because all they were doing was walking in the woods. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't deal with this anymore. But hearing that this movie is going to be Logan-esque, that to have that noir feel, I think is a great way to bring the zombie genre and to film. I don't think this has been really done except for like what I can't even think of anything right now, but I feel like that's that would be pretty cool to have. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. I stopped watching when Negan bashed in the brains of Abraham and Glenn. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, they had disappointed me for a while when they did absolutely nothing with the Terminus people after uh, teasing them for oh god <laughs> <laughs> but I mean come on Dom tell me like it wasn't disappointing that like they teased Terminus for all of season 4 and then we got them for like 2 episodes in season 5 I was so mad <laughs> yeah they uh... I'll tell you, the, the the big problem with that show, they want to keep Daryl alive so bad. And I and I love Norma Reedus. Great guy. But there's plenty of times where he should have been gone. I'm sorry, you got to do the Game of Thrones thing and kill off important characters when you don't expect it. Because just keeping him around was just like, he's not, he, you're making him like a ninja. Like I get he's a tracker and everything, but he's been tied up. He's been stabbed. He's been shot. And for some reason, this dude is like terminated and just keeps on coming back. Um, and I think that's just for the the smoldering sex appeal of, uh, yeah, you know. Like, I, that's what they want, I guess. I don't know. Because um, I've been to plenty of, like, Walker Stalker cons, and 
you know, Maritas has the uh, the biggest crowd, and now it's him and Jeopardy Morgan. It's just back and forth, like, and they've always put them right across from each other, so you can't really tell who's got the bigger crowd. You just hear a whole bunch of, oh, my God, oh, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, um, oh, yeah, Terminus could have been really, really good, and they, they dropped the ball a little bit there. They did drop the ball, and I'll, I won't forgive them for it. But, uh, Ricky, what do you think about um, the idea of the Rick Rhymes movie being in the same vein as Logan? <laughs> I, can't believe the, I can't believe The Walking Dead is still on television. Um, I, checked out, I checked out after, like, season two and a half or three and a half. Or, I checked out because it's like it was, it's one of those shows where it's like, all right, the whole entire season sucks, and then the season finale is so good, you're like, oh, my God, maybe next season it'll be good. <laughs> and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I, in the same vein as Logan, that's some big shoes to fill, right? Mm-hmm. Logan's yeah. one of the best comic book movies. Hugh Jackman's performance in that. Holy cow. Like, I mean, Logan is a phenomenal film. So to kind of throw it out there in that same vein, I mean, what is it? The same vein. It's going to be dark. It's going to be creepy. It's going to be vicious. It's going to be violent. It's going to be brutal. Is that like that same vein type of thing? Then cool. Yeah. I mean, that that should be something good. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll make a movie that's actually redeemingly good for the last like seven seasons. Or I mean, even how many how many seasons of Walking Dead are we on? Like twenty two now. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Ten. Oh, I was close. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's. I I kid. I know a lot of people that do enjoy Walking Dead, and I understand. Um, but I just I really um, I, yeah. I mean, I to be honest with you, if I could watch the movie and not have watched the last seven seasons, I'd be excited about it. Because, I mean, if you want to put it in that same vein, if you have a screenplay that good, like they did that with uh, El Camino, right, with Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, El Camino's really good, right? It wasn't great. It wasn't perfect. But as a Breaking Bad fan, you kind of got those sentiments. You kind of got those warm and fuzzy feelings on the inside. Like it was that one last hurrah. You know, I don't do Better Call Saul. I, I don't think I will ever will. But like it kind of was that one last hurrah for Breaking Bad for me. So I liked it. So I think it could be good right you know what i mean like it's it's always been one of those things zombie movies can be good you know what i mean they can be they have been you know so world war z was phenomenal you know what i'm saying so yeah i mean i'd probably watch it as long as somebody could tell me that i didn't have to watch the last seven seasons to you know understand <laughs> what was going on if rick grimes is still alive i thought rick grimes died no he's still alive oh somebody told me he died i don't know he he they made the middle look like he died oh it's one of those okay <laughs> Yeah, and, and oh, and can John Berthold come back for the movie too? Because he was the main reason why I originally liked watching. Walking Me too. He was the only reason why I got into The Walking Dead. I had watched Daredevil season two, and I was like, "What else is this guy in?" And it was like The Walking Dead, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then after he got killed in season two, I was like, "I don't know if I really have a reason to go on." And then I kept watching, and then I was like, eh. "I only watched that one episode." In what season nine, where he came back as the hallucination? That's what I'm saying. Like, let him be the hallucination for Rick Grimes. Maybe in the movie they can finally figure out a reason why the zombie apocalypse happened because that always has bothered me. They, you know, did that in what the end of season one, beginning of season two, and then completely abandoned that whole storyline of even figuring it out. And it's like I get it at some point. Uh, survival becomes the number one priority, and it's like at that point, who even cares how it 
you know, began, but I still care. As the viewer, I still want to know why the world freaking turned like that, you know? But, um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like if you're going to start doing movies, I would say end the series, which I know sounds really uh, cynical and not nice for people who are fans. Oh, they're supposed to. Season 10 was supposed to be the last season, and Mm. then during the middle of the season, they were like, season 11. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I was, because low-key, I was kind of like, finally, we have, we're going to get some resolution and how they're going to end things. It's going to be really creative. And they just keep on prolonging the end. And I'm like, where are you going to go? Like, eventually, everybody's going to die, I would assume. Yeah. Like, what are you, you going to do? So, yeah, they were supposed to end it, but. And you took away Carl's, like, you know, he was supposed to be. Yeah. The protege and all that, but did you he know, die? he did die. He okay. did die. Somebody he died. Michonne yeah. left. Uh, yeah, Matt hasn't been on there in a while because she went off on her own journey. So a lot of the main people, you know, and oh wait, two three of the characters died in like season eight or nine. So yeah, they were basically Daryl and Negan were carrying the show. Yeah, which I had heard that, which, you know, how long can that survive? I just think, like, I'm not really trying to shit on the show because I did watch it for so long, but I am also a firm believer of shows knowing when it's time to end. Like, I was a huge fan of Supernatural, um, and then by, like, season 10, it just felt like, okay, now we're just finding excuses for it to continue on, and that now I haven't watched it in about three or four seasons, so, you know, I just feel like things should just, you know, know when to end, know when to bookmark yourselves, but... Last topic of the night. It's going to be a real short one here. Um, New Mutants saying that it feels going to try. I I did think it was really funny because I have it up right here where it's like in theaters August 28th and it's a little thing going fingers crossed, um, which is like that's not happening. But I really want to see New Mutants. Like the footage they showed looked really good. The trailers. I was excited two years ago when they freaking uh, posted this. And then when finally people were, like, remembering that, hey, this movie actually looks like a good movie. Um, but it is definitely not going to make this freaking theater date. Right, Dom? No. <laughs> they just need to go ahead and just release it video on demand. Um, the people are willing to spend money on a good movie, but you need to have people like us be able to review these movies to let people know. Cause my mom literally said that this, uh, when I got off work, she said, Hey, are any of these movies worth me paying the, uh, to watch them? I haven't heard anybody talk about them. And I'm like, well, if they send out more screeners that for people to review them, people are willing to spend money because they want to watch new things, but they want to, they want, I get, you want to make, a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It don't happen that often. Sometimes no. you're going to take a loss. Sometimes you make it on the back end because the movie gets a late buzz. You know what I mean? How like The Office got a late buzz of being like the people put on their top shows of all time. But earlier on, people didn't think that. So you got to look, they got to start looking at the, the long game a little bit because yeah. you keep pushing this, these movies back. You're gonna release it on on demand anyway because it might not come out next year, and videos might not open the next year. Like we don't know. There's six strands of COVID now, so we don't know what's gonna happen. So just release it on demand. Let us 
watch it before we all die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so cryptic. Um, I saw this really funny tweet before I uh, move over to Ricky. I saw this really funny tweet where it was like breaking. Um, one minute of uh, uh, one minute of the movie will premiere on Quibi for the next ninety years or something. And it much feels like at this point. Um, but Ricky, how unlikely is it that they are going to actually meet that August twenty eighth date? Well, I don't know. I got an email from Regal today that says their opening theater is August 21st. It's really? also the ninth email I've gotten from them telling me when they were going to reopen their you know, you know, know, their movie theater. Uh, I don't think it's going to make the date. There has to be, has to be something in the contract between Fox and Disney that states that this movie has to come out in theaters. I've been preaching that for a while because there's no other reason why. Or... Or it's actually really good. Like, it's one of those two things. And I think it's more of they have it in the contract that it's really good. But, you know, to be honest with you, I want New Mutants to be, like, the, the be the best superhero or whatever movie of all time. Just, just to be a slap in the face of all the people that have said how terrible it's going to be and stuff like it just it's one of those stories that i'd love to see you know what i mean all the people that criticized it for so long but it's got to be one of those two things do i think it's going to come out the 28th i don't think we're going to see movie theaters for the rest of the year i i really don't i think if it's going to be hard pressed that we see a movie theater until january and that's pushing it i think even then but i mean and if we do it's going to be a very small amount of movie theaters yeah i, I don't know i i don't think it's going to hit this date to be honest with you um i don't i don't think anything's going to hit this date i mean i'm going to be really heartbroken if if tenant does come out overseas i'm trying to book a flight now to fly somewhere where i can watch it <laughs> they're not gonna <laughs> that, let you in not, i was gonna say that we're not banned from going to- <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna let you in <laughs> they're gonna be like stay stay there <laughs> canada nope you want to Mexico? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Europe doesn't want us. They're, they're like, East, you you can stay there. That your president and be like, we didn't vote for him. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but ac- according to an interview with Collider, director Josh Boone did reveal the quote is, with most movies, you sign contracts guaranteeing a theatrical release, so it needs to open to ever go to digital in the first place. We just, too, would like to see people to see it in the theater, but it needs to obviously be at a right time when it's safe to go back. So it does seem like there is some contractual obligation that it needs to hit theaters first, but... Uh, AJ, uh, you know, just rounding it out here. It's definitely not making that August 28th, right? <laughs> I actually, I'm going to be the optimistic one. He's going to be optimistic. <laughs> I would say it won't make it in the U.S. on that specific date. The uh, rest of the country, their, like, goodie bag is, you know, beating COVID while we in America are sitting yeah. here Please give us movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, that's what I was going to say. Um, I, we probably won't get it. Um, hopefully, we we get our shit together <laughs> by before then. Um, but I think overseas they will get it. Um, same with Tenant. I know a lot of people really hate the idea for Tenant going overseas because they might get spoiled. Um, but 
if it goes to the video on demand, a lot more people will get spoiled anyway. So, and it will make a lot less money than it going overseas. So it, it's hard. I, I will I will say for the um, studios, it is hard, hard to um, see what will happen in the long run because there's so many possibilities of what's going to happen. Like I just said, if you have it overseas, we are going to get spoiled but it'll still make a pretty decent amount, or at least more than if it was on VOD. But with VOD, it will, we will all see it, and as fans, we will love to see it because we've been wanting to see Tenet and New Mutants and Wonder Woman for the longest time, basically. So I think that's where most fans are coming from. They just want to see these movies. But when, it's, when it comes to studios, the thing about what will be the best thing to do to maximize our profits. And I think that's easier said than done than what most people are trying to tell studios. Yeah, I mean, they are businesses. They do have to make money. They shelled out millions for these movies. So we'll just have to see what goes on, and hopefully people can get their shit together. But I uh, just wanted to throw this news out there. I'm not going to go in the round circle, but just wanted to say um, – I've never seen the show, His Dark Materials, but it did get me very interested because Andrew Scott is going to be in the next season, and they confirmed that Phoebe Waller-Bridge will play the voice of his uh, Damon, um, which is cool because I was a big fan of Fleabag, and if you liked Fleabag, Andrew Scott and uh, Phoebe were co-stars in it, so I found that very exciting, and it instantly got me interested for His Dark Materials materials um but guys this has been awesome geek vibes live i am so happy to have you here and to discuss all of the topics that we did um thank you again for being here and joining me uh before we close out let's go around and tell us where we can find you and all that good stuff aj i'm going to start with you what do you have coming up and what uh where should we find you well, you can always find me on Twitter at AJ underscore Geeks Vibes. You can find me on Geeks Vibes Nation. I do articles there. You can find me on Movies Matrix. You can find me on Geekly Goods. You can basically find me anywhere <laughs> nowadays. I was going to say. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, everyone, please make sure you check that out that out for AJ. I'm so happy that he's back on a show. AJ and I used to podcast, I feel like, a ton back in the day, but of course, everyone is super busy. It's super relatable, and I'm just happy that you're back, AJ. Uh, Dom, you have been killing it with the interviews. I just saw something recently pop up. I can't keep track of all your interviews, so please let everyone know, you know, what's on the docket, what's exciting, where can they find you? Yeah, I just had an uh, interview come out with Vlad Uden, uh, who does the Generation Iron series that's on Netflix about bodybuilding. The new one's coming out this Friday. I mean, they're really good, like like really good. Uh, even if you're not, you don't know much about the bodybuilding world, it kind of gives you the insight of like what goes on, how these dudes get this big, and the competitions and that whole thing. Um, and, you know, uh, you can find me on Twitter at King underscore Fish. I, I don't use it a whole I use it. I just don't speak <laughs> as much uh, on mine. Um, 
And then I just downloaded Letterbox, so eventually I'll start using that uh, a little bit more. I just I started looking, and I was like, I have I've seen so many movies. I don't know if there's enough time for me to like put all of them in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have uh, the August movie uh, release list coming out. Um, it's hard to do these now because you never know what's actually gonna come out. So I try to stick to the video on demand movies. Uh, and the ones that are limited, which is video on demand, because they're not going to come out in any theaters. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere all the time. I'm sure I have a, a interview or two coming up sometime soon. I'm still waiting on Rob Liefeld to, to reach back out because he canceled <laughs> on me. Uh, I have some questions, and he decided he he ducking me or something. So what's up, Rob? Um, I got so I got some things to ask you. Uh, I love it. Rob, if you're listening, call Tom back. It's not cool to ghost people, man. (laughs) He's waiting here. But um, last but not least, uh, Ricky, who you and Dom, of course, are competing for the best beard on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Ricky, it was wonderful having you. Um, Never had you on a show before. So please let everyone know what you're doing. You got a lot of exciting stuff going on. So please promote yourself. I don't even know where to begin to start. Obviously, you can find all of uh, you can find all of my work at themusiccitydrivein dot com. Um, we've got a lot of reviews coming. I actually just released a review of Harry Potter today. I watched it for the first time this past Sunday. I had never seen it before in my life, um, and actually really liked it. I was surprised, to be honest with you. But um, you can check out all my work over there. I've got reviews and articles and stuff like that pumping out all the time right now on the Music City Drive-In podcast. We are tackling the Oscars. There's not a lot of talk about in this world right now so we're going back and renominating films and re-awarding the oscars um, we started back in the 2001 oscars we made it all up to 2003 which is available right now um, we record that every sunday it's been a lot of fun doing those because it's like we want to give the awards to people that actually you know deserve them and uh, it's kind of in, in tune with what we talked about earlier but it's been a lot of fun doing that um also, I have another podcast called The Debbie Delight. You know, we've got the Drive-In Podcast Network, which is huge. We've got so many different shows on the network, from music to, to, to pop culture to wrestling to, you know, football to fantasy football. We've got it all covered. So I think that's just about everything that I can plug right now without hurting my head. Oh, and follow me on Twitter at Ricky Blair underscore. So. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you definitely do that. I did tag Kelly in your Harry Potter thing because she's a massive fan there. Um, But I would love to be part of your show one week, Ricky, so just let me know. But as for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Tia Fabi. I did a really cool interview today, but I can't talk about it until Monday. But, of course, follow us at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, You can find us at geekvibesnation.com. We have links to all of our social media platforms there. Please like and just and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Podcast. We release a ton of stuff, such as Geek Vibes Live, uh, the Top Ten, Marty and Kathy's Coffee Binge, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. They call this a movie. Scene and Nerd, Stranger Damies, Ricky's Music City Drive-In. Everything and anything in between that I can't remember right now, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, but literally it's going poop like that. But Thank you, everyone. Um, Please like and subscribe. Tell us what you thought of what we talked about, and I will see you guys later. Bye. See you.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.